for joining us for this Future of IT podcast. With the widespread use of collaboration technology and the changing generational dynamics, the workplace is constantly evolving. The emerging mantra is, work is something you do, it's no longer a place you go. The definition of a workday is becoming more flexible and knowledge workers are defining the future of work. As these dynamics shift, creating a successful environment for the future of work will depend on a strong relationship between IT and HR at the executive level. In this podcast, we will discuss the opportunity for HR and IT leaders to collaborate and deliver strategic business initiatives critical to attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Don Brister, and joining me is Lance Perry, Vice President of IT Customer Strategy and Success at Cisco. Hi there. I'm also pleased to have with us Bridget McKenna-Stay, Executive Vice President of HR for SAP Global Customer Operations Team. Hi, everyone. Thank you both for being here today. To get started, let's address the obvious. It's not usual in uh, one of our podcasts to have the Vice President of IT and the Vice President of HR on the same call addressing the same topics. What do you think is the most important thing that companies need to do to change that relationship and why? Lance? Well, really having a close partnership and having the HR team and the IT team actually have shared goals. Um, So many times uh, there's a separate relationship. There's not even conversations. HR will select a tool, try to integrate it, uh, struggle with that, but they are the business experts. So it's very important when you get into this day of data analytics, et cetera, that the business user uh, be very closely involved in the design and architecture of the systems because they're the ones that are going to be really utilizing it across the company. And for us, the main thing that we need is the right people. And if HR doesn't have the right tools in partnership with IT, it makes it very difficult in this very competitive marketplace to get the best and brightest talent. Thanks, Lance, and I just wanted to add a couple of things as well. I think that you've touched on some of the areas, what I call it's a new world and there's new rules. From a competitive perspective and driving employee engagement from a, just from a workforce perspective, we've got to be flexible from an IT and an HR perspective to attract and retain and really make sure we have highly engaged employees. That's what everyone wants, but those who do it best are going to differentiate. If we're able to deliver solutions, technology solutions, at the fingertips of our executives and our employees, for them to actually do their job better, to be highly engaged, but also feel like the same on-device, on-demand, and actually having the real-time information, they're going to be much more um, productive in their jobs and engaged. And Absolutely. And we, and we put our heads together okay. from an IT and an HR perspective, it, and like you said, the user experience, that's where I think companies can differentiate themselves and they're listening to those needs. They've got to throw away the things that have worked in the past and think very differently about the future to drive that engagement for employees. Yeah, that's great points, Bridget. I I actually watched a video that you put together uh, a little bit ago that that talked about getting data into the client's hands quickly, into your your client's hands, uh, the executive team in this case, and being able to get that right at their fingertips and I think it was probably important that you had partnered with H, with IT uh, when you when you came through that design to ensure that you had that capability for the executive team. Can you talk about that for a minute? Sure, thanks, and thanks for watching the video. <laughs> um, <laughs> just uh, just some of the things that we you know most companies struggle with is really understanding their workforce. What's their um, we talk about workforce plans, but really how many employees do you have? Where are your investments, and where are we? 
investing in resources in the future, just understanding your baseline is sometimes a challenge for companies. Um, when we make decisions about our investments, where we're investing or stop investing, we need to have that information. And a lot of times um, it's real time. You get called into a board meeting or you get called in while you're, they're in the board meeting, you're bringing in information. But being able to articulate the trends, the attrition, the how many employees you have, the types of roles, what's, what's working, progressing, and having that to be able to deliver it, I have seen a much different um, ability for leaders to make decisions on real information and that actually those decisions stick and we actually are much more um, progressive and successful versus make, making guesstimates and feeling hunches or someone trying to sell their own, um, their own um, ambition and, and driving decisions and then we have to reverse a lot of things later on because it wasn't the right information or we didn't have the data. So that data and being able to analyze it leveraging IT and working with them allows us to make much better sound business decisions. Absolutely. Data absolutely talks. Um, when you have the right information at your fingertips, magic happens. You can make decisions quickly. Uh, and then, you know, we're all competing for precious resources as well. And when you can create an experience of information flow in your company, that makes it attractive to, to the next generation of workers as well. Agreed. Speaking of that next generation of workers, Bridget, maybe you could talk about some of the unique characteristics that companies are facing with this generational shift as Gen Y is entering the workforce while the baby boomers are beginning to exit the workforce. Sure. Thanks. I think there's, there's two things that stand out in my mind that um, most companies should be thinking about and leaders should be thinking about as well. It's, it's a relationship both between the company and the leader and the organization. One is that they need to have information and they need to have very on-device, on-demand information which from a technology perspective, just like they do at home. They shouldn't go backwards when they go to work in terms of a user experience on technology. And that's something companies have to leap over and get in front of. Um, it's, and the other thing too is that the, the one that stands out is the amount of feedback that what I, we call early talents um, really need to thrive in an organization. We used to talk about annual reviews, mid-year reviews, those things are the past. It's about constant feedback and having technology solutions, but also a culture and an approach to have open feedback and be able to give real feedback, positive and constructive. Um, and if you think about how many times they're doing real-time information, they do the like button, they're on different social sites, they're getting feedback real-time all the time and they share a lot of information. That's what they also expect from their, their, their leader and their teams for them to thrive. So you've got to think about breaking down walls and barriers around hardline, inflexible programs, such as performance reviews and how you assess talent to getting it more real time and being able to have a culture that drives openness, reality, and how do you handle the feedback? Yeah, those, those are some great points. I would add to that, the Gen Y generation really looks for how does the work that I'm doing connect with the bigger picture? I can tell you, when I grew up through my career, I get the task, salute, go away, do it, come back, get the next one, right? <laughs> I didn't ask, right? And now it's very clear that folks, not just Gen Y, I know that's a generalization, but that's a gener generation that's come up saying, how do I connect? How do I connect to the bigger picture? Um, you had mentioned earlier, um, work's uh, not a place you go, it's a thing you do. 
Well, I challenge that a little bit as well, that um, folks love to have a great place to go if the environment is conducive to productivity, right? And the old cube office style environment is really not going to attract the best and brightest new talent. They want to have an open workspace. Um, frankly, I've been in an open workspace for multiple years now myself. You couldn't get me back in an office. I'd be kicking and screaming. It's just such a, a wonderful environment to be in. You just have to have a little respect. You know, you just don't bolt up to somebody and ask them a question. You ask them if they're interruptible. I had to learn that, uh, that those rules myself. Uh, but it's an environment that's uh, very open. Then you have the tools in it, social media and uh, connectivity to the rest of the globe, which really shrinks the globe as well. So I think they need to really see that connection. And then when you do have a work environment, um, a place to go that is really exciting, um, folks really get their, their juice, their excitement uh, from those environments as well. Yeah, Lance, I think a couple things you said that um... – makes me really proud about SAP, especially when we talk about the relationship between IT, our facilities team, and creating that environment. The environment is what allows people to thrive. And we always strategize about the future of work, but really about how you get work done. And we've built and tested out new work areas all throughout all of our um, buildings and locations um, that are much more conducive to the commuter worker. People have the flexible time, and we are actually breaking down the hardcore um, sites and having more modular things. You can move it and have more flexibility with sound barriers that are really, really interesting, but, but fostering people to want to come to work, but do it in a flexible way. And everyone gets an iPad and a smartphone, and we're seeing people not even needing uh, laptops and things like that. So we're changing everything in terms of how we adapt to the usability for our employees. It gives them flexibility. It drives more inclusiveness, and it also drives diversity beyond generational. It's also around um, gender as well, and I think that's the differentiator. And they, you walk around in the, in the, in the offices, and there's, people are happy, and they're working longer because they're actually working on things that are actually progressing versus in a, in a confined space, as, as you say, more like the cages of the, of the old days. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the folks that we have on the team, when we go out recruiting, we're, we're sending the folks we, we had just hired that have been with Cisco a few years uh, that are in those environments. And they're the best salespeople to recruit because all they have to do is go and themselves. And the, mm -hmm. the student looks at them going, God, they're happy. That's what I want to be. You know, it's at a cool company, Cisco. They're happy. They have a great environment. Um, I can bring whatever device I want to work, you know, things like that, um, that level of choice. And now, too, when you layer video on top of it, um, if I wasn't in a hotel room in Paris, I'd be on video right now with you. Um, but I'm on a little tiny screen on my phone, and it would not be attractive. So, <laughs> um, But video has really changed everything. Think about it. Um, I travel probably 50,000, 60,000 miles a year. It used to be 300,000. And uh -huh. quality of life has gone way up. Um, so when you add video in and that real experience you can have talking, you know, face-to-face -face just like you would over, over a dinner table without the ability to share the food yet, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, Lance, I think there's a good point to mention. One of the things we do, and I think you're probably the similar at Cisco, um, it's such a virtual environment. You don't even know if you've physically spoken to someone 
because you're on instant message, you're on um, the FaceTime, you're on TP, you're on tele telepresence or video casts all the time, and you actually will say, I, you don't even say I spoke, I connected with. You change the language right. because it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you're so connected, and it doesn't matter what device or medium, but you're, the, the information flow is so fast that you have to be on top of it, and it can't be in the old confining ways, like you said. And honestly, the, one of the things that drags people down the most is having to travel for something that's not relevant and making it a priority. And, and telepresence and video and Jabber, your, your FaceTime, that's all changing all the way in terms of not only, you said, quality of life, but also the productivity at work. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, really interesting quick story. Last week we had our global managers meeting. And we had one of our employees, Oren, in from Israel. I'd never met him. Um, mm -hmm. And he came up to me and he said, hey, uh, hey, Lance, I want to introduce myself. I'm like, hey, Oren, how you doing? You know, I read his blogs all the time. We've been on, you know, a lot of different social media stuff together. But we had never even done a video meeting yet. But I had followed him for so long, for like a year. Uh, he's one of our biggest bloggers, et cetera. I felt like I knew the guy already mm -hmm. uh, and yep. knew him well. It was just uh, very interesting that if you take advantage of the technology, um, you know, you can really get close, and, and the, the globe shrinks big time. We're going to ask another question, but I just want to plug one thing from the Workforce 2020. They do say around engagement, and what I hear you say is about you, you have a friend at work, right, or someone, a relationship with people at work, and that's one of the key differentiators why people stay. Um, and you. I have a very similar story with a colleague that I had from Canada, and we split North America from an HR perspective. We had never been in a physical site together, and you would call each other kind of the, your best work friend. And we, when we got together, I said, it's amazing that I've never been in the same physical place as her, but felt, like you said, you've got a friend at work, and you're connected, but it's a relationship, and it's virtual, which is completely yep. different than you'd ever have if you were, if you, because you're global. You can't be all, every place all the time, and you still are able to build those relationships to retain people. Yeah, you could be, you know, she's in another country and you're close. Mm -hmm. and, and I know for me, sometimes I'm closer with somebody around the globe than I am with, uh, across the street. So it's obvious that you're both using great collaboration tools and they're improving the way that you work in your daily life and the relationships you form. But for CIOs who may be listening to this wondering, how to take the first step towards forging a tight relationship with HR, what advice would you give? What questions do you think they need to start with? Lance, would you like to take this one? Sure, I'll, I'll start and then ask Bridget for, for her comments. Uh, really, it's understand, just coming together, knowing that you have common goals as a company, right? So start out with the common goals as a company and what strategy does, IT have to, does HR have to put in place to meet those goals? And then um, IT is there for the systems and technology to back that up. But it really requires an open relationship. And just last week, we had our head of HR, Fran, and Rebecca, my CIO, on stage for an hour talking about the partnership that they have and the contracts that they've built together uh, that are really going to change the face of Cisco. And you're, you need to continue to progress. You can't rest on your old laurels. Um, Bridget made that point earlier, the world has changed, right? And we have to deliver systems that that are adaptive, that meet the needs of our clients. And in this case, HR is so critical, being our most precious talent, by, uh, precious commodity by far is our people. 
I shouldn't have used the commodity world at the same time as I said our people, because that absolutely is the talent that we need. And then for HR to have the, the information at their fingertips to make quick decisions, strategic decisions, uh, is extremely important. So I would just suggest, suggest starting out with a conversation, what's important to the company, because that's important to both leaders, and then get into the specifics about what issues you're trying to solve and, and what challenges and, and opportunities are out there for you. Yeah, and I think um, those who do it well, I think, like you said, Lance, have that open dialogue and understanding of the needs. And one of the things I think that HR needs to, to also make sure they always check as well is what's the, what's the positive employee experience you're trying to achieve? Sometimes it's what are these initiatives for nature? Are these are feel good or these are necessary? But at the end of the day, are they creating value and impact for the employee and the leader? And from there, you can back into what's really necessary from an IT perspective because you can't do everything well, and you've got to pick and focus. And that's one of the things I think that companies, especially between HR and IT, um, really fix, fix the things that are really high value to employees, know what they are and what those positive employee experiences are. And Because at the end of the day, it's about your external customer. And if you don't have that and you're just building programs for program's sake or IT for technology's sake, you're going to miss it. And I think that connection between the employee experience, the leader experience, is what's so important because you, you see this all the time. People leave their leaders. If we aren't able to, one, enable leaders, but also they take care of their people responsibilities, and we give them the dashboards, the information to be able to do that, they have that leadership currency in an organization, and they will, they will, they will fly through the organization and develop the best people. And we, we know what, how to measure that. And having the technology solution to measure leadership trust, which is our leadership currency, will differentiate. And you need to always be focused on the leader experience and the employee experience. Well said. Absolutely. That's great advice. I want to thank you both for sharing your insights today. For more on the future of IT, join the conversation at hashtag future of IT. Or join the conversation future of work at hashtag future of work. Thank you.